Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the astrologer Bill Atride radio show. I'm Bill Atride, and today is our 11th show in 2021, and I... Uh, sent out that notice and I indicated that I want to continue with our previous talk that we had back in October about this notion of looking at the universe as fields of energy forms and how that might better explain to us our understanding of the of the world and the cosmos and our experience of it. Uh, and I want to go a little more deeply into that today and talk about the patterns of interaction and how that shaped us in terms of our human history and where where we've come from and where we are now as you'll see, and I'll, I'll lay that all out in the next few minutes uh, for a little talk here. Um, and then, of course, after that, I'll want to open the airwaves to all of you to call in with any questions you might have about that or any other astrology question. And, of course, if you have a question about yourself or someone else in particular, um, you can always give me um, a birth date and a place of birth at least and a time of birth if you have that, and I'll do what I can to answer your question. And, um, and as well, if you want to reach me for any reason in terms of perhaps getting your own reading or suggesting some future topic for a show, um, you can always reach me by my email. It's the easiest because I'm always on my email, which is my name, Bill Atride, B-I-L-L-A-T-T-R-I-D-E at gmail.com. And of course, you can find me on various platforms, social media, you know, the Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and what have you, and my blog talk radio here, and uh, other other and my 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 our two blog sites. Um, so not hard to find me and reach out to me, and also get my number there. Well, as you want to give me a call, and I also I also answer the phone if you call, so it's fine. Uh, anyways, and I love to talk shop, so 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 feel free in in picking my brain. I've got a wonderful reading list in terms of astrological matters as well as spiritual matters. If you are looking for some indications or guidance there as well. Um, and just a little housekeeping before we get into what we're doing today and just looking ahead at what's coming uh, astrologically, of course, we have the full moon this week. It's a, it's an eclipse, which people get all excited and, and concerned about, but it's just a reminder to all of us that everything is connected to everything. And we have these, this dance of the planets line up with one another. And it's quite amazing, uh, to see, um, these alignments. It's not going to be a total eclipse of the moon, but it will be the full moon eclipse on November the 19th. And that means a couple of weeks later, sure enough, on December the 4th, there will be a total eclipse of the sun on December the 4th, and that'll be at the uh, about 12 degrees of Sagittarius. And then a few days later, um, on December 19th, we're actually having a, one of the inner planets go retrograde. It's the planet Venus, uh, which will be retrograde from uh, December 19th till uh, January 29th. And that's typically what it does. It retrogrades for 40 days. 
uh, and it's a time for spiritual re-examination of the nature of value in our life and, of course, will deeply affect people in terms of considerations about their loves and their likes in the world, including with other humans. So a great opportunity for all of us to sort of re-examine the nature of value and our experience of it in our life during that period, and that's really what it's for. Um, I think those are the only big shifts coming up. I mean, Neptune's going direct on December 1st and things like that, but, um, but nothing else major up ahead that we need to sort of take a look at and see what that it might indicate. Um, so with that all in mind, um, and again, when, when I do call upon you, just uh, give me at least a first name, if you will, so I'll, and I'll mention as I'm picking up the phone line what area code's calling, so you might be able to tell who I'm calling upon because you're all lined up there. But I'm going to turn now to my little um, my notes here for our talk today. Uh, and so as I said, I thought it would be helpful uh, to continue our discussion from October 3rd where we examine the constitution of the cosmos. Um, and I think it's very important that we go further into this today so that we might find a deeper appreciation of the gift of understanding that this approach to the nature of reality provides. What we have found is that when we see the cosmos as formed by a hierarchy of energy fields, we can better understand that what we know as our bodies, that is our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual bodies, should really be seen for what they really are as energy fields, and that by significant resonances and alignments, these fields manifest as forms, and how in turn these fields, by their intra- and interrelationships, create a hierarchy of meaning-filled patterns that indeed constitute what we experience as reality or life. Because of this essential nature of the cosmos, we can experience the universe as meaningful because it is made by and is full of patterns and meanings and truths from the densest of material to the most ethereal of energy forms in what I like to call the song of spirit. That song of spirit, the master chords of patterns and meanings, are held by the 12 signs of the zodiac. So as I noted then, the modern era models and the data we collect based upon our modern tools of perception, as well as the wisdom passed down to us in the ancient teachings, both of these approaches, whether we go by science or by spirit, hold that the ultimate nature of reality, the noumena behind the phenomena we perceive, can best be understood as fields of energy. And these fields create the energy forms or bodies that we perceive as the physical reality that is made by a hierarchy of atomic particles and atoms and molecules and matter and life forms and planets and the stars. But what we also need to understand is that these fields of energy forms are shaped and guided by patterns that are interrelated within each type of energy form and between them and other energy forms too. These internal and external patterns are the web of designs and meanings and are what the ancient wisdom calls the design bodies that form, shape, and hold creation together as it is and create the story of spirit or what we call the life of the one. These patterns range from the physical laws of energy forms, which guides their combinations and transformations, 
what we call chemistry in the physical sciences or alchemy in the spiritual sciences, and which we humans have arranged and labeled in a hierarchy from the micro or subatomic levels up to the galactic structures of the universe. We have discerned and described this materialized world as being formed and arranged by these patterns of the physical laws that hold and guide their manifestation and their meaning. And equally, what we consider as the realm of the living energy forms, but actually, of course, in the ancient wisdom, we hold that everything in the universe is alive and conscious in some form. We have arranged our understanding of these life forms into a hierarchy guided by the patterns or laws of the biological, from the most archaic of life forms to the most complex of living beings. And we see that and understand that those life forms are shaped and guided by their chemical, biological patterns of interrelationships within each form and between those forms of life and other forms of life, and which we understand as being shaped and guided by the pattern of meanings held by DNA. Moreover, as we look at ever more complex forms of life, we see how these patterns of life move beyond the merely physical, chemical, and cellular combinations and interrelationships into ever a widening web of the phenomena of mind, of patterns of consciousness, of feelings and thought forms and awareness, deepening and expanding within and between the hierarchies of life. Though these exist according to the ancient wisdom in all the realms of being, they become ever more pronounced and luminous as we move into more complex orders of creation. When we come to the relatively advanced forms of life, like our human kingdom, the multiple patterns of meaning that shape and guide our journey range from the physical to the emotional to the mental and to the spiritual energy forms and their patterns. As I noted last time, we humans are part of a hierarchy of life forms in this universe, and we are not so very different from many life forms with whom we share this precious planet, because we are all held and shaped by these fields of relationships that we create within and between one another and all other lives on this planet. Indeed, we see how very much the patterns of these other kingdoms of life and our patterns of human life are deeply interwoven and interdependent with one another. And we can certainly acknowledge, given the COVID-19 experience and the existential crisis posed by climate change, that we are much more interdependent than we might have thought. Yes, I think we can see now and we, that we bear a singular responsibility for both the crisis of climate change and the COVID-19 pandemic, which, as I like to say, is just another manifestation of climate change. Why or how could a single species on a planet that is teeming with a host of life forms be so powerful as to affect such a change for the entire planet? The reason is that we humans, given our special abilities for self-aware, self-development, have developed these influential fields of patterns in our emotional, mental, and spiritual energy bodies to such a degree 
to such a consequential power that we've been able to reshape ourselves in, in consequence of our world in vaster, deeper, and infinitely more complex ways than any other life form. The combination of these three pattern shapers, the emotional, mental, and spiritual fields that we make with and through one another in our human interrelationships, these three form our consciousness, our paradigms of belief and reality forms that shape and guide our actions and behaviors and forge our wants, desires, and fears. And it is by these patterns of feeling, thinking, and believing that we have made our human reality for thousands of years. Steadily, and now increasingly, we have been changing ourselves and our world. But it does appear to many of us that we have forged these developments without wisdom or humility, and we have failed to understand the costs and consequences for ourselves and this planet until it was too late. For tens of thousands of years, we humans lived in a certain pattern of meaning. We were what we call hunter-gatherers, and our design body patterns, our patterns of emotion, mind, and spirit, were closely aligned with the natural world around us. According to our latest genetic discoveries and archaeological findings, modern humans evolved into our present form around 200,000 years ago. And for all but the last 12,000 years, we live by aligning our patterns with the natural world around us, creating what many have come to see as a mostly symbiotic and balanced relationship with the other realms of life. Whether by happenstance or some climate shift or some yet as undiscovered reason, we were able to settle down and begin to grow grains and then domesticate animals around 12,000 years ago. And everything began to change for us and for the natural world around us. We began to change our own patterns of meaning and interrelationships with one another. And we can see this by comparing our way of life to the few remaining groups of hunter-gatherers that live at the margins of our human remade world. We moved away from an egalitarian society grounded in sharing equitably and into a hierarchical order defined by possessions and power. And we began to significantly alter the delicate balance in the ecosystems for the land and wildlife to meet our ever-changing and growing needs for the next many thousands of years. But, most, but a most important change was still ahead of us. And it was because of this shift in our consciousness that we find ourselves with our existential crisis today. Our self-framing and self-shaping by our patterns of meaning and consciousness is the most significant factor in creating and determining the path we have followed. And they will also determine the path that we make that lies ahead. Throughout our journey, that is since we woke up, we have been sharing our stories with one another, for we are storytellers, one and all, and our observations, experiences, knowledge, and wisdom 
have formed the web of consciousness that we weave around and between one another. These individual and collective stories form our patterns of belief and forge the path that we are on. We are very much what we think and feel, and we make our reality accordingly, whether for good or for ill. The last and most significant change in our patterns of meaning, in our emotional, mental, and spiritual formations of reality, led us to a new way of belief and life, and it happened just over 500 years ago. We once again experienced a shift in our consciousness that fundamentally altered how we understand ourselves and our relationship to the rest of creation. Our patterns of meaning and consciousness shifted. Our purpose and motivation went from preserving the wisdom and knowledge of the ancients to acquiring practical knowledge of the material world. This epistemological shift has been named the scientific revolution. For most of our journey, we have revered what was handed down by our forebears, holding that the first teachings and our ancestral knowledge was the truth, and in some fashion, absolute and final. So for generations upon generations, change was incremental and, and mostly accidental, as all the solutions and answers to life were already embodied on our customs and crafts or found via the, via the mediation of the religious orders. And so that a person, whether they're from 2,000 years or 1,000 or 500 years ago, would have found much that was familiar in one another's lives and customs. But this certainly would not be true if they came into our world today, for we have made a very different world now. This shift began about 500 years ago, and it created an approach to the world that is critical and questioning. Rather than assuming what was handed down was true, we began to examine reality for ourselves. We measured and evaluated and tested our findings, constantly refining and improving and retesting our findings so that we could continuously increase our knowledge of how the universe works. This was not done merely to satisfy our curiosity. Rather, we sought to know how we could harness these discoveries and make use of them to meet our needs. And as we acquired more capabilities, we created ever more complex needs and wants that we sought to satisfy, satisfy, and then we did it again. We went from mostly very simple lives to create a world of astounding complexity. We went from just over 400 million human beings to a current population of almost 8 billion now. But now we find ourselves with a range of challenges that we have brought upon ourselves. For in our rush for the energy and materials to create and sustain our modern lives, the modern world that our science and technologies have made possible, we have changed the delicate balance of the various ecosystems that make up the rich and beautiful hierarchy of life forms on this planet. As the increasing loss of diversity of species accelerates, we can truly see how that our world is becoming less beautiful, less vibrant, less 
meaningful because quite literally, life is leaving the planet. At this critical moment, when the future of the planet and the prospects for humanity are in great peril, we must hope and expect that our patterns of meaning, our complex web of feelings, thoughts, and spiritual intimations, that our most special gift of the imagination will help us find a way to solve our self-made crises and avoid the calamities that are hurtling toward us. But at this critical moment, we are faced with another crisis of our own making. We face a crisis of consciousness itself. Because of our technologies, because of our means to spread information and misinformation without limits, we find ourselves today in a veritable ocean of cacophonies with clashing storms of stories and meanings without context or foundation, where competing opinions and dueling facts stream out of our many devices and we cannot find our way to what is reasonable, let alone what is true. We are lost because our storytelling and stories are broken and we can neither find our way home nor see a path to a better future. What are we to do? Yes, if I were some sort of outside alien observer coming to Earth and observing humanity at this time, I would say the general condition of our species right now is that we are confused and uncertain. So it, it's rather telling that at this time we are experiencing the passage of Neptune through the sign of Pisces, which always represents a time when the boundaries between the various realms of spirit and matter become more permeable and unfixed. Whenever I have a client experiencing a major transit of Neptune in their chart, I always point out they are going through a time of mystery and confusion. And they will often say, yes, they are confused and it's very distressing and scary. But then I gently remind them that the universe is not out to get them and that the reason we must go through periods of confusion is to make it possible for us to grow. At that point, they look at me as if I'm somewhat out of my mind, but I explain that we have become attached to the way things are, to the way we are. And even though those ways may now be hurting us or others, we hold to them, not because of our faith, but because we are fearful. So spirit, in this case, Neptune, comes along to make that old reality appear as it truly is, an illusion, a moment in time that is passing and that we are being given this opportunity to let go and grow. That is what is happening now, and it is on a global scale because we are so interconnected by our new technologies so that the entire world can virtually participate in the most uplifting of inspirations of the human spirit and also our darkest fears. Neptune was in Pisces before, from 1848 to 1862. We've talked about that a lot. From 1685 to 1698 and from 1521 to 1535. 
our shift from 2011 to 2026 is most similar to and perhaps as consequential as that dawn of the scientific revolution in the 1500s. Not only was Neptune in Pisces during that period, but the planet Pluto was also passing through Capricorn as well. That is exactly what we are experiencing now. Neptune in Pisces with Pluto in Capricorn. We are at the dawn of a new age, but we cannot yet see what that new world might be. Remember, whenever Pluto is in Capricorn, it indicates the end of an institutional age when the structures we have created to meet our needs break down because they no longer can meet our needs. And that is why the world as we know it or knew it falls apart around us. And Neptune, meanwhile, is dissolving those boundaries between our patterns of meaning so that our understanding of the world and of one another is clouded and confused. What we know is that our ancestors found a way through their time of breakdown and confusion, and they built a new world. They did not do it by denying science or faith, but by finding a way to hold them together. And that is the way. We will find our way when we let go of what we must, but hold on to that which is everlasting. We must tell one another our stories, share our hopes and our fears, find new meanings and ways to meet one another's needs. We must turn to one another with love and listen and try to find a way to meet one another in a newly created shared space of understanding. We can do this if we remain on the path of love and light by holding together our hearts and our minds. At the dawn of the scientific age, Rene Descartes famously declared as part of the new patterns of meaning this defining phrase for being human. I think, therefore I am. But I would differ with this claim of what it means to be human. In accordance with the ancient teachings and all the great religions, I believe it would be truer to affirm, I love, therefore I am. We are here for one thing, to love one another. And we do this when we listen to one another, share with one another, and care for one another. This is the way. And this is the way we will make a new world. Okay. Um, I always forget to pause and take a sip of water, and I'm going to do that right now. And um, turn to my other screen here where I can see you all patiently waiting. And again, I, I'll keep on telling you this, that uh, the, it doesn't often have the times of who, how long you've been holding. So I'll take a stab at it and try different people at different times here. So just bear with me. Um, but I know, I believe this person's been on for a while. So let me uh, pick up their line first. So um, you're on with Bill. And uh, get, just give me your first name, that's all. Unless you want to give me your whole name, that's fine too. 
and whatever your question may be. And I'm calling on someone from area code 808. 808 is the area code. Hello, you're on with Bill. Who's this? Aloha, Bill. Hello. It's Hello. Me, Oh, Sandra. Aloha. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> I know. It's been a while. It's nice to yeah. hear you, and I just love you speaking about all that good love. And um, So I don't really have a particular question, but any guidance or anything that you can give me on, uh, with my chart, um, sure. I appreciate. Sure. Let's just see what's... That's going on here. Uh, uh, well, you know, j- j- it just you just came through a shift here, Sandra. Um, I mean, you're March fifteenth, sixty one, and uh, we've been marked. You've been your moon's been marching through the the third house of your chart, the progressed moon that is for really the last almost three years, and it just moved into the fourth house, um, where it will now be for the next two plus years and that's that's the moon's natural house since it rules the fourth sign of cancer and the house the fourth Mm -hmm. house is the house of the roots of my being and you know where i come from and my physical and emotional and spiritual foundations and its family its security issues Mm -hmm. and whenever the moon's in this house i tell somebody for the next couple of years See yourself going through a process of recentering, of coming into a deeper um, connection to the, to the self at the center of you, which of course is the watcher, the watching all all your lives. But still, um, it's a very emotional time. It's a time when we're dealing with you know the, the family I came from, and the family I have now, and that family that's in my future, um, and and therefore it's a time when I really need to work on that. But with all the physical space itself, obviously, we in physical bodies, we have to make sure the home is, is appropriate. But even more so, um, looking at those elements that I'm attached to that center and give meaning to my life, but also look at those things that I may have been attached to um, and brought me a sense of security, but maybe they, they no longer do. I should maybe have a different relationship to that. So it's basically a time to realign yourself to yourself and work on centering. Uh, that's, that's what it's for. Um, that's what I would point to at this time, uh, more than anything. Um, and that's probably going to be helpful <laughs> for you uh, in these next couple of years because uh, just as the, the big outer planetary transits are always weighing in and ha- calling up for our attention to to deal with the, the business of, of evolving and becoming more than what we were. And you know you're Pisces, and that sign is ruled by that planet Neptune. And it will be this coming year. It's been building it all in 21, but all during 2022, you will have Neptune on your sun. So everything I was oh. talking about there, about the dissolving of boundaries and the opening up to new understanding, and the sun is the self. So it means we think we know who we are. Throughout our journey, we always think we know who we are. But we come to moments where we realize, wow, there were things about myself I didn't know or didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And now I'm being shown them in a new way. So it's quite, it can be quite an amazing series of epiphanies you'll go through here mm-hmm. all during 2022. Okay? Um, I love it. 
Thank you, okay. Jill. I'm so happy You're to very um, talk to you. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Well, I'll, I'll just, I'll just uh, put you on mute and go to the next person, okay? Okay. Okay. Take care. Okay, great. great. Okay, you too. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank All right. Uh, let's see. Who do we have here now? I'm going to just at random pick this person. Uh, I think you've been holding a long time. This is Bill. You're on area code 310. Uh, you're on with Bill. Who's this? This is Hello? Michelle. Michelle. This is Hi, Michelle. Michelle. Hi. Good morning and good afternoon good for morning. you. Um, yes. I have a specific <laughs> upcoming clip. Uh, in my chart, um, Jupiter's in the 11th house at 26 Taurus, and Mars is very close by. I didn't know what that type of uh, conjunct feel, uh, how that reads in an eclipse situation. Okay, well, let, let me um, – I I, have you called before? Do I have your chart, or are you first-time caller? Uh, I do have you your have car- chart. Okay, which one are you? Um uh, what's your birthday? A four twenty-three. Yes. Okay. Great. 53? Okay. Then I've, I've got you. Sure. Yep. I see it there. Let me bring you up. Um, okay. So, so you're talking about this 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 full moon that's occurring, and it's occurring on um, very much on your Moon Mars conjunction. Yeah. Well, a, a, a full moon is a point of revelation that really is talking about how we try to find our way to hold together these two seemingly disparate energies, disparate energies, the Scorpio and the Taurus, but they're really, they all, they really make a hole in themselves by being combined. So in Taurus with your Mars and Jupiter there, um, and of course it's your sun sign as well. Um, there's a very strong commitment uh, to lasting value, to values that last and are meaningful for all time and for things to last as long as we can to preserve and protect beauty and truth in the world. That's, that's Taurus. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. but here we're have, here we're having a full moon that is sort of like the reverse of the full moon that we would have in the time of Taurus. And it's that moon is known as the Buddhaful moon where, um, where we're dealing with, though we come from this eternal world of value, we know that in this physical world, everything is transitory. And so having this eclipse on your Mars and, and Jupiter in Taurus with that moon activating that would say that this is something I'm now grappling with in my life in a very powerful way is how do I, how do I understand eternity or eternal truth and beauty and value and the transitoriness of their manifestation in my life at this moment? Since this full moon is in that house of your of your companionships and friendships and community experiences, um, it, it would indicate how do, I, how do I remain true to myself, which is the sun in the fifth house, and yet also find a meaningful group of others to be with who experience me as myself and I experience them as themselves. And so I do that by finding those lasting values that, that we all share in, but also accepting those differences where we must separate and go our separate ways in terms of they appreciate that, that value more than I do, but at least we have a lot of common value. So it's how we deal with our, that sort of what I call the Venn diagram issue. I'm here, you're there, these two separate circles, and then they overlap, and that overlapping are our commonly shared values. 
is how I would sort of describe this. But it's a, it's a transitory thing. It's not like a, an eclipse of the sun, which tends to be something we would experience as lasting for giving an indication of something activated for the next six months or so. A lunar eclipse is more just for maybe the next week or two or maybe to the next new moon. It's not a, it's not a prolonged effect. Um, and so I wouldn't, I wouldn't think it's too troubling or difficult to, to deal with at this time, certainly. Um, I, I mean, it is something when it lines up exactly on something in our chart. Um, and, if, and if you had a, uh, other things that would be activated as well, then we'd say all these things are being tied together. Um, but I don't, I don't expect anything traumatic to ensue from that whatsoever, okay? Good. I mean, You're wonderful. It, Thanks. I mean, sure, sure. I mean, if there was anything to happen with that, um, because Mars is a very, you know, active energy and the moon there is very emotional, you might feel very sensitive about a friendship or an experience with a friend. And, of course, the thing is, sometimes our emotions can get the better of us and we can sort of, without realizing, overreact to a situation. And so one would be mindful in a time, always at a full moon anyways, of trying to maintain emotional self-control and not let oneself get triggered be very important. Okay? All right. I will remain down. <laughs> okay, great. Wonderful. <laughs> great to talk, great to, talk to you, Michelle. Okay, Thank sure. You. You're very, very welcome. Okay, good. Good, talk, good talking to you. Um, all right. Um, let me get on to the next person. Let me mute uh, Michelle. Um, and now go on to, let's see, um, let's see, I'm going to pick this person, area code 305-300. Um, you're on with Bill. Who's this? Good afternoon, Bill. This is Deanna. How are you? Hi, Deanna. How are you? Oh, a miracle of being alive. So wonderful. And I'm oh, glad good. that you have a show today. Sure, uh, sure. Um, I, um, I wonder about Neptune in my chart and um, also about the upcoming eclipses. And if you could okay. guide me, like Sandra said, I will listen. Sure. Sure. Um, well, as far as... Neptune um, moving in your chart. Let me just see. I have to um, let me run the the what is called the transits and progressions just to make sure I'm not missing something, um, and see if it's if it is remaining still active in your chart or it's moved beyond an exact contact here. Yeah, it's 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 not the most active element in your chart. It was in years prior when it went over your Saturn. Um, which would have been more probably 19 and 20, but not here in 21 and 22 for the most part. So it's not something that we need to um, spend too much time with, I mean, in terms of what's, what's the effect that it's bringing into your life. Um, as far as the, the full moon that's coming up here, um, again, you're not having that take place in any direct way on your chart, though it's, it's close. I mean, the, the full moon's at about, um, 27 Taurus, and of course you're a 15 degree Scorpio person, so that's way beyond you know you're um, lining up with your sun, and there's no other planet it's lining up with either. But it is a full moon taking place between your ninth house uh, 
I mean, between your third house where the sun is now and the ninth house. And that means that full moon for you is highlighting how we need to work in these two aspects of our mind. We might think of the third house as, as the mind of observing and collecting data and not prejudging what that data is, just collecting the information in bits. And then we organize it and, and, and categorize it and label it by our theories and, and understandings of our categories of thought and truth, which is the ninth house. And so what you're going to feel at this full moon coming up this week is the tug of war that exists between the need to remain curious and wanting to gather more data versus remaining more removed from the immediacy of the experience and trying to step back and look at the big picture. Am I going to get involved in all the minutiae and the details, which is fine sometimes, but then we get lost in those details? Or am I going to step back and look at the big picture and look at these big concepts, but then I may miss something? And so the message is you'll feel that tug of war, um, and the point is stand in the middle. I need to observe some more to understand what I believe, but I need to use my understanding to be clear about what I should or should not take seriously or look at more deeply. So it's, it's sort of holding them together is what I would say would be the challenge of that, that full moon. And then we know a couple weeks later, there's the eclipse. And that eclipse is actually going to be opposite to your moon. Um, so it does activate it you could say in an indirect way, but it's still there in terms of the chart. And that means it could be a much more emotional experience for you. Um, and it is directly, it's the eclipse happening in your fourth house of the home of, of my experience of home in general and my experience of home right now, uh, which I know has been an ongoing issue for you for some time. Um, and it just mm -hmm. says something, something dramatic is happening here and it may be dramatically good, um, that is helping me have a, a deeper connection understanding of my journey in my life to feel and experience this greater sense of security and, and being at home. Um, that's what it should be highlighting coming up in early December. Okay. And it will be a, it will activate that home sector for the next six months. Okay. So that would be the breakthrough for the, It'll be what, Diana? The breakthrough. Uh, it would it'd be, it's, it's something dramatic, and it, it could be something like a karmic break in terms of what the pattern has been. And to the extent that, you know, we've learned our lessons and worked out certain matters in our life, then the door opens and something new comes in or something better comes in. If we haven't done the work or we don't experience it well because of we're too caught up in fear or nature or whatever, an opportunity might be missed, but it certainly indicates um, the potential because a, a, an eclipse is in effect a new moon. It's a moon coming across the face of the sun. And so it's a perfect alignment. It's, it's a total eclipse in this case. Um, and, and so it means that a new moon is taking place in your fourth house of the home. It's a substantial influence because it's the eclipse sun an eclipse new moon. And therefore I do think something fundamental will emerge from that over the next many, well, in the next two weeks, we get to the next full moon, you know, two weeks later, we'll see what that has its first result may be, but it will reverberate down for the next six months to the next eclipse that will come probably in, in May of next year. Okay. 
So yes, um, I would I, I would think it'd be very significant. And again, we know that just around that time, I think it's in any moment now. Let me just see. Um, you're about to have the experience of Jupiter uh, re-enter your seventh house. Um, yes, that's happening on November 22nd. So in eight days, thereabouts, um, your, your, the Jupiter in the heavens will move into your seventh house, which is the house of relationships, the house of my connection to others. And there are opportunities or benefits or blessings coming to me through other people. And the reason they come to us at a certain time is because, of course, in other times we helped others in their time of need. And now it's our turn to reap what we've sown. So you'll be, you'll be showing gratitude and thankfulness for the blessings that are coming to you. But understand also that they're coming to me because I was a blessing to another maybe recently or long ago, and now the favor or the blessing is returned to me. And so you're going to have some very positive and uh, doors opening or, or welcoming or opportunities coming to you, and other people will bring them to you coming up here. Okay? Thank you so much. I hope you have a show right around the solar eclipse. I, I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to do one a month, and that would be a, probably a good time to do it. And uh, I've been trying to do two a month, but I failed at that miserably this year since this is the 11th month and it's my 11th show. So I, my attempt to do it more often has met up with the limits of my my ability to, to keep my schedule from uh, – I need, I need a day of rest, and I work six days a week. So often I just don't, don't have the energy to do a show on every Sunday, but I'd like to do one. Uh, so I'll think about that. Maybe I could do it a different day of the week as well or something, and that might change it. Um, but no, no, still, uh, I'm glad. I'm, so I, think I, 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 like, I like doing Sunday, and that's the only, yeah, it's the only thing I do on a Sunday other for my work, that is, is to do a show. So it's not too trying or taxing. But uh, the rest of the week, I'm, I'm pretty much uh, working all the time. So anyways, well, it was great to speak with you, and, uh, and I wish you the very best. And, of course, to everybody out there, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, but, I'll, but I'm going to call on some more people here, but I do wish you the very best, Deanna. Okay? Thank you so much. God bless you and your family. Okay, thank you. Thank you. And yours, too. Okay. All right. Um, let's see who we have not called on here yet. Um, let's see who this person is. Hi, you're on with Bill, and the area code is, well, this area code, 212, or could be. You never know nowadays with modern phones. Uh, hello, you're on with Bill. Who's this? Are you calling on me? I am. Uh, you're hello? in the 212 area code. Yes. Yep. I am. Like I am. Oh, how lucky. Um, th- thank yes. you for uh, the talk this afternoon. So inspiring. Uh, this is Nancy. Sure. Uh, you've, we've spoken before. It's 112645. Okay. Okay, great, Nancy. Um, let me, let me, okay. Go ahead. It's uh, my birthday this month, so I would, I'd be really grateful if you could take a look at the in terms of aspects or themes or things to look forward to. Okay. Um, so I'm looking. You, I probably have your, Nancy, there you are, November 26th. I got you. Good. Okay. Um, 
And so you're looking to see what the current conditions are. Is that it? I'm sorry, I was looking for you. I was the, the coming <laughs> year. It's my birthday this month, so I'm, I'm thinking sure. about the coming year. What, what does it look okay. like? Okay, sure, sure. So, well, the, well um, in the coming year, but it won't be as the year begins, but it's only about six, no, um, eight months away now, so it'll be in the middle of next year you're going to have a very big shift of energy. And that's because, as we may have spoken before, your progressed moon, that's that inner measure of time, has been marching through your 12th house for almost three years now, um, or probably three years now. And, and, and sort of right in the middle of the year, in July 2022, the moon comes into your first house. And that's like moving from the shadows into the light, moving from a cave into the bright sunshine. It's It's like... This has been a journey for the last few years of soul searching, of, of wrapping up things and finishing up things and making your peace with the past. Under, and it's a very, a very spiritual time and time of great deep introspection and, and understanding, but it can be very hard in terms of some of the things we face. So many people find it quite a relief when the moon leaves there and we can turn our attention to not looking back, but looking ahead. Um, and building a new sense of self in the world, which is what starts this summer. Um, so it's, it's like night and day for most people when this shift occurs. Um, and, and basically all that you've done these last few years is to harvest the meanings of your life. All that I've done my entire life, but especially the last 27 years of my life, I'm sort of pulling all those threads together and making sense of what that was all about, all the, the good stuff, and that's great, all the difficult stuff, but I learned things, and putting it all together now and understanding it, I can let go of the pain and move into a new life. And, and that's when I'll be dealing with that first question of my life in the second half of 2022 and 23 into 24, who am I now? What am I going to call myself? How should I appear? What, what defines me? Like people say, who are you? You'll be finding yourself saying some new things, uh, maybe because you move someplace else or you're doing a new activity or you just realize something that this is more who I am and I want to be more this way. I've been too much of this and I want to be more that. So you can change your approach to the world and people will see a different Nancy. Um, quite literally. So it's a huge change that's coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I've already really... been excited. I've been feeling kind of excited and quietly hopeful, so I'm resonating hugely with what you're saying. Oh, no, you, you'll, 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 you'll really know and feel this. It'll be <clears throat> something that you just can't deny, that I now realize that before I was looking back, and I needed to look back to understand the experiences, the lessons learned. But now it's about building a new life, being this new person. Um, and all things are possible. I mean, within limits, of course, but, but definitely I'm looking at the path ahead, not looking at the path behind me. And that, that makes okay. a huge difference in our life. Um, so that's, that's the thing I would point to primarily. But let's look at, just to make sure we're not missing other big things here, um, and of course you have been going through a very Neptunian year yourself and will remain in one through 2022. Um, you're having that planet Neptune 
spend these two years go over your Mercury, the planet that rules the mind, the planet that rules your rising sign of Gemini. So this is really important. Neptune, again, dissolves the boundaries in order to open whatever faculty it's touching up to a more encompassing experience. Well, here it's affecting your mind, which means it's tremendous for creativity. It's amazing for the imagination. It's great for poetry and prose. It's great for painting and sculpting. It's great for dreaming and wandering and wondering. But it does mean your mind has, is wandering and therefore is not always as sharply focused as you might have normally counted on it being. Um, and we often, sometimes we find our mind wandering or being forgetful or being whatever, we get worried. We go, oh my God, am I losing my mind? And no, your mind's just being altered and, and, and enhanced. And if you give it time to be creative and time to daydream and time to be with beauty, then it won't bother you as much in your ordinary waking life when you want it to pay attention to the necessities of life. So if you're a creative person by nature, it's a joyful time. If you're a person who likes things to be very, very, very specific and, and, and very refined and detailed and no variation, it can be frustrating. <laughs> no, no, I'm, uh, I'm someone who looks for beauty all the time. So, so this gets yeah, yeah. more intense this coming year? Is that what you're saying? It, it continues. You've had it this year. It continues. And you'll have it yeah. next year. It for two years. And, but it makes for... It makes for like my, my mind is connecting to other minds. I'm hearing other people's thoughts. I'm, so you need time. It's actually been helpful with that moon, the 12th house, that you need time alone and apart from others to clear out your mind from the other minds you've been hearing or picking up things from. So yeah. we all need to do that, really, some of us more than others. <clears throat> but for these two years, since you are so much more perceptive or clairvoyant or <clears throat> telepathic or whatever you want to call it, you definitely need more time for clearing for yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yes. So that, <clears throat> that's the other big, big influence in your chart at this time that's quite, quite profound. Okay? Okay. Well, I and, thank, you. Um, thank you so much for the time. Sure, sure. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Okay. Um, good to okay. talk to you again. All right. Yes. Okay. Bye. Let me put you on. I'll put you on mute. Yep. Bye. <clears throat> As you can hear, I'm losing my voice, which is an occupational hazard here. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to keep going. Uh, let's see. Someone else has been holding, I think, quite some time here. Um, let me try this person. I, I, unless I've already called on you. If I have, I apologize because I can't tell. Uh, it's area code 530. You're on with Bill. Who's this? Hi, Bill. This is Annie. Annie. Hi. Yes, how are you? Uh, My birthday is um, um, 4865. Hold on, hold on. Let me get to the... Uh, Annie, Annie, 4865. Um, and I may say when I see... This doesn't, it goes by last names, and I'm looking to see if I've got you already in here with a last name. That's why I can't see you. Oh, uh, uh, hold on. Last name? I'll, you don't, you don't have to say it. I mean, let me, I'll just find you if I keep going up and down my list here, I suppose. But if you want to give it to me, then I can find you more quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's Nelson. Nelson. Okay, thank you. All right, let's go down to the ends. There you are. Okay. Sorry. Okay, fine. So what can I do for you? Well, I, I feel um, 
I feel a lot happening right now. So I was looking for some clarity. I usually am so clear, and I feel very challenged lately in relationships because even though I understand the the oneness, the oneness of everything, there's so much um, division right now with with um, friendships and relationships and judgments that um, I feel so much yeah. more distant from people I used to feel so you know, comfortable with, you know, people are excluding yeah. people and I'm getting excluded and, you know, it's, so I'm wondering if there's anything yeah. in my chart that would like support me just getting through it. Cause it doesn't through feel that. like it's going to end fast. <laughs> so I'm looking for <laughs> Well, as I, yeah, as I said, we're, we're all talking past or through one another, not, and at one another rather than hearing one another. And yeah. it's, it is a very difficult time for one and all uh, on and whatever side you're on or whatever, if you're in the middle or wherever you are, whatever camp you're in, um, it is extremely frustrating because we're, we need to find some commonalities or common threads to hold us together. Mm-hmm. The reason why it may be that much more pronounced or profound for you at this time is because your progressed moon um, that inner measure of time is marching through your 11th house now, and it's been there for about a year and a half. It's got another year to go. Okay. That's the house of friendship. That's the house of companionship and community. And when the moon is there, the feelings that you have are, I need to be with my people. Where are my people? Where mm-hmm. is my community? I need to be with people who dream what I dream of because then my dream can come true. And if I'm not with these fellow dreamers, then our dream will not come true or our dreams that we share won't come true. So this is a time where you long for companionship and friendship, um, but also are seeing that that world of community and friendship and companionship has is changing. And so certain friends may become deeper friends as a result of working things through. Other friends may become just acquaintances. Uh, people who are friends may, may no longer be a friend at all. And you may mm-hmm. make new friends. This is a time when this whole realm is going through such flux and change. Now, mm-hmm. guiding, guiding you in that, while your moon's in that house, it's going to a particular sign. It's going to the sign of Leo, which means... Everything comes down to your experience of friendship, comes down to questions of respect and honor and integrity. And if I feel that you are not respecting me in, in, in enough ways or in a meaningful way, um, then I feel you're not seeing me as a friend. And likewise, if I, if I can't respect you, as I can or should in most cases, but if I can't respect you because you may act in certain ways or hold certain positions, then that's why I'm reevaluating our friendship. It all comes down to the window you're looking at it all through is, is, are, is this person being ethical and moral and true? Are they showing that they love and see the other as themselves and therefore have that sense of seeing one another? The whole thing of Leo is, do you see me? Do I see, I see you? Mm-hmm. Or are we not being ourselves in some way with one another? And that mm. that can happen where we had a clo- closeness, but now a person's been, you know, becomes part of something and overshadowed by something, and they're filtering their more immediate personal experience of someone through some, you know, political or cultural or whatever agenda. And and I I mean I have friends from different camps and persuasions, and it's gotten really harder. And people have become more 
more, there's nothing in the middle anymore and they're taking their side. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard. And you try to just love that person for the things you can love them for and, and know that you can't talk about certain things or deal with certain things then because it's just not possible, at least at this time. And maybe we'll get to another time when we can. So I wouldn't give up on people for small you know, sort of maladjustments. But this is a time when you've got to be careful about your judgments about, you know, respect and honor and integrity. Um, and, and, and also, but what you're very sensitive about is, is this person showing me respect? That's the mm-hmm. question for you. Okay. Um, and like, you know, so that, that's what's really driving the story for you right now. Yeah. yeah okay. That, that's it. <laughs> Okay, I'm not going crazy. That's it. <laughs> you're not going. Of course, you're not going crazy, but it can drive you crazy. It uh, is driving me crazy. Been, I just don't want to go crazy oh, in the process. The thing is, like, we have to just remember who we are and what our teachings are and what our beliefs are, and act on them, and know that other people, for the most part, believe they're doing likewise. But then, you know, it's by what you, how you treat others that we will see whether you're living in a manner that is what we call human, you know, loving and caring and nurturing and supportive of one another. But sometimes we get caught in these camps and people are just, you know, you got to identify with your camp. And then um, we do things in crowds we would never do alone or with one another in a personal setting. It's quite remarkable uh, how, mm-hmm. that, how, that, how that energy form takes hold. And, and it's, it's powerful and, and wonderful at times and really scary at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing that play out in our in our various media and devices and whatever, and, and in our lives. So um, the thing is, yeah, the message is respect. That's the message for you right now. Okay. Oh, okay. Thank you so okay. much for your support. I appreciate you helping me see clarity in that one. Okay, Annie, be well, take care. Yeah, All right. have a great rest of your weekend. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And I'll, I'll, I'll see you all soon. Okay. All right. Bye, Annie. Um, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go now. It's after three and I'm, my voice is going, so I don't want to uh, chance losing it here. So uh, all the best to all of you and I'll be back here in a couple of weeks. Okay. And everybody have a wonderful Thanksgiving and a good gathering with family and friends and loved ones to give thanks for what we have and what we're trying to do here. Okay. Bye for now. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.